Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Buy a Business Near Me, brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, helping business brokers sell more local businesses. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Buy a Business Near Me. Stone Payton here with you this morning. This is going to be a good one. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Business Modification Group, Mr. Patrick Lang. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Stone. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, we're excited about having you on the show, man. I got a ton of questions. We won't get to them all, but maybe a good place to start is if you could just share with us mission, purpose. What what are you and your team out there really trying to do for folks, man? Yeah, absolutely. We specialize in the sale of heating and air companies around the country. And uh, so kind of to that mission, I find that there's on in the trades, there's plenty of buyers lining up for the guys doing 10, 20, 30 million dollars in sales, but, but most of the country is doing five million dollars and less. And there, I found that there was nobody really helping them. And so five years ago, I switched my entire business. I was selling you name it, gas stations, convenience stores, bars, restaurants, flower shops. And five years ago, I made the decision to exclusively just sell heating and air. And we've been blessed and fortunate to stay busy ever since. So yeah, let's back up even a little further, if you don't, if you don't mind. What compelled you to get into this line of work of, of buying and selling businesses in, in the first place? Yeah, I came from a financial planning background, so I had a financial planning company, and I sold it in two thousand and eight, and I bought a small service company, so I bought a swimming pool service company, and we grew that over the next five years, probably buying, selling, growing, trading, doing a little bit of everything, and. Uh, I went to a BNI meeting and I met a guy who told me he was a business broker and I'd never heard of one. And uh, he told me what he did. And I thought, well, I've been doing that for myself for the last few years. I, I didn't know you could make a living doing it. He said <laughs> you could and uh, told me what I had to do to get started. And I did. So uh, that's it kind of ended up here by chance, but uh, I've been fortunate. I've been a broker for probably 15 years now, 14 years, something like that. So if if an investor, an entrepreneur is looking to at least entertain the idea of, of purchasing a heating and air business, what are some of the things that they should look for? Green flags and red flags, I guess, would be a good way to frame that. Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest things, misconception that people don't realize is the first part is many look at doing it through SBA funding, which is an incredible option. But most states require you to have a, a license in heating and air. And the SBA doesn't want the seller remaining around to to be that license holder. So biggest red flags, if you don't have a license, you either need to find a license holder or be a cash buyer. Um, That's where a lot of people call me and get derailed at the onset. They didn't realize that. So addressing the licensing issue up front. The other thing is is buying a business that's built on service and repair. Um, New construction can be a dangerous business in the trades quite often. Uh, a lot of times it's a race to the bottom. It's all about volume and, and low margins. And so buying a, a business that's built on service repair and has a good reputation are first kind of key things I stress looking for. Well, I got to tell you, my only real frame of reference for the heating and air business, I went to, to college, got a marketing degree, and I do fine. I'm very blessed. But my best friend growing up, he went in, learned to trade, 
and uh, did heating and air work for the school system and always had his own business. And Kurt can buy and sell me three times over. So it's a very, it's a very lucrative business, right? I, you know, and I never do that. I'm completely, I was completely ignorant to the trades. Um, I, and, and how I, I kind of got on the trade side is I, I listed a heating and air company for sale where I live and bought it. I love businesses with barriers to entry. And it was a small business and I bought it and I ran it uh, for a little over two years. And uh, when I went to sell it, I realized once again, as I'd mentioned, there was nobody kind of helping the small guy yeah. and uh, started learning about the trades. And I was blown away. I mean, I sell a lot of companies doing 10, 15, $20 million a year. Um, so I, I, I had no clue what could be made. Um, and, and I see a lot of multimillionaires because of the trades. So when when someone's getting ready on the other side of the equation for the, on the selling side, it, it occurs to me, and, and I've had an opportunity to to interview some business brokers as well. There, there's some you got to get some ducks in a row, right? If you want to get a good market price, you got to get your books in a row. What are some some things you got to start thinking about uh, when you when you're trying to get ready to sell? Yeah, there's really four things I tell people to focus on. And the first one you mentioned is your books in order. You know, many people treat their business like it's their personal checking account and and everybody is always trying to reduce taxes. And and we have a saying that's kind of a joke and kind of not a joke is, you know, you can't get paid to steal twice. You can't uh, hide <laughs> hide everything from the federal government and then expect somebody to write you a check for it. So, so that you know, that's the first thing is making sure your numbers are in order. The second thing is I stress people specifically in heating and air is get yourself out of the van. You know, if you're the best technician, the best installer, the best salesman, the best bookkeeper, the the best uh, front desk person that your company has. You're wearing all those hats. You don't have a business. You have a high paying job. And nobody calls me and says, hey, I want to buy a business where I work in the sun for 15 hours and then go home and do paperwork for five hours. And so, you know, getting some separation, you and the business a second, um, building up back on the service base and buyers really don't like the new construction component. So so focusing uh, focusing your business uh, on uh, on service and repair as opposed to that new construction and um, and then building a, a good reputation for yourself out there. So that would be the four things that I, I kind of get people to focus on right away. And um, that typically leads to a higher dollar figure. So what's the most rewarding for you, man? What, what do you enjoy the most about the work? You know, the people. I, I think a lot of people say that, you know, it was kind of a, a marketing thing, but I get to help so many incredible people that 25 years ago didn't like their boss, started a little business. And for the last 25 years, they've been employing the community. They've been taking care of oftentimes second and third generation customers. They're supporting the local little league, the high school football team, just great people, you know, great blue collar to me, it's it's kind of small town America, you know, that just somebody who started with nothing but a truck and a dream and many of them and have turned them into incredible businesses, wherever that is on the spectrum for them. It doesn't need to be a $20 million company. It could be a, a $2 million company. And so so the people I get to work with, the the dreams I get to continue keeping on and the legacy I get to keep, you know, helping to continue on. So what's the toughest part? What's the most challenging? Is, is, it, is it finding the sellers, finding the buyers, getting them in, in, to meet in the middle? What's, what's the toughest part? 
Um, it, you know, the market has been strong the last few years. There's been a big private equity push into the market. And so mm. it's not really, it's, it's not really the deal. It's, it's having, finding the sellers with realistic expectations. So unfortunately, and I, and I say this jokingly only as a way for me to deal with it. I, I get to tell a lot of people, their baby's ugly, mm. you know, and, and, and <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know, most small business owners, myself included, their families, their family was raised in their business, husband and wife team, late nights, no vacations, and their business becomes their baby. And many people don't go to somebody soon enough about what does it take to build value in their business? They just go to work. And then they come to me 30 years later and say, hey, I want to sell my business. And there's no real value to it. And so it's heartbreaking to sit with somebody and say, hey, nobody's going to want your business because the way you've built it. So that for me is the hardest part of my job um, is, is kind of telling somebody that, hey, you've done it wrong. And which is why now I spend all the time I can public speaking, doing podcasts like this, writing articles for industry publications to say, you know, here's what you need to focus on to build value. And once again, I'm not saying every business needs to be a 20, 30, 50 million dollar corporation, but you should get compensated for what you've spent the last 20 or 30 years building and and doing some things right as to what does that. And so that really would be the hardest part of my job right now. I think you may have just answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for for you as someone who's putting these deals together? Is, is it that education and is getting out there? And yeah, how, how, do, how do you get your new buyers and sellers kind of into your circle? So from a seller's side, it- Absolutely. It's outreach and education. And I speak any opportunity I can. I write articles for four or five industry publications. I leave, as an example, tomorrow, I fly to Texas to to be at an industry trade show event. So I, I try to be out there giving out as much information as I can. So that would be on the seller side. From a buyer's perspective, we're extremely strategic in our marketing. Um, and we track data, we track information, and we've accumulated buyer lists. So we market it not only to other heating and air companies, but buyers that we've worked with, online articles. I spend a ridiculous amount on marketing to try <laughs> to get somebody's business in front of as many eyes as I can. And And the hardest part of the job, obviously, is letting everybody know your business is for sale and nobody knowing it's your business, right? I mean, everything needs to be confidential. And so, so we do everything we can to have a big platform um, because I believe the more people that are looking at it, the better price we're able to get from a selling perspective. And uh, so it's a combination of those methods. Well, you just touched on something that I've been curious about this confidentiality thing. How do you how do you navigate that that landscape where you've got all this confidential information, but you're out there trying to help them market their business? I, I, I'm operating under the impression there must be some distinct methodology or process that you've got to use because you you got to maintain the confidentiality, but you got to get the word out there to the buyers, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a fine line to walk. Um, and really a great question and one many sellers, you know, often worry about. And so, hmm. you know, we do that when we market our listings or what we call blind listings. So if it's a heating and air company, we'll use somewhere you're familiar with in Atlanta. I can say 10 year old heating and air company in Atlanta. And you're not going to know who that is. 
But if I say in Thomasville, Georgia, 50 year old heating and air company, well, it's not a big enough town that has a lot of 50 year old heating and air companies mm-hmm. with it. So people are going to know. So, so we're the wording we use, the location we use, a buyer's going to want to know a general location. But if it's a small town, we may say Southwest Georgia and, uh, or, or Northeast Georgia, or, you know, depending on what state we happen to be in. So that's the first part. And then when a buyer reaches out to me, we have them sign a non-disclosure agreement that basically says, if they say anything to anybody, we're going to sue them, um, that <laughs> it's confidential information. And they need to understand that before we give them that information. And, and so we have them sign documents that basically say they're not going to say anything to anybody. And we also try to vet our buyers. So it takes a little longer to get a buyer into our system. But we want to know, are they local competitor? Are they somebody down the street who just happens to be fishing to see who's available? So so uh, we try to do everything we can to maintain that confidential nature until they've already signed something that promises they won't say anything to anybody. So let's talk about deal structure for a moment, because it doesn't always have to be, here's your check. Thank you for the business, right? It can, it can, it can look a little different than that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so it really depends on who the buyer and who the seller is and what they're looking for. There's lots of buyers out there currently looking for some seller financing. Um, That can help them often get over the licensing hurdle that SBA may provide an issue with. Hmm. Um, And so sometimes uh, there's a seller note involved that, once again, the market specifically the last two years in the trades has been super strong. So most of the deals that we've done don't involve any type of seller note. Two years previous, uh, you'd see a lot of seller notes. And I think those days will certainly come back like anything. It goes up and down and the market's no different in buying and selling businesses. And so, so I think you'll see that come back. And oftentimes for a seller, there's tax advantages uh, or tax advantages. It's advantageous tax wise. Sorry, it was easy for me to say um, <laughs> that it, there's there's good reasons for them maybe to consider holding a note. The real downside in a business like heating and air is there's typically not a lot of assets involved. So the risk to the seller becomes a little bigger than a business that had a lot of assets that you'd come back and let's say repo if the buyer doesn't doesn't make payments. Mm. In a heating and air company, kind of the blessing and the curse is the the low asset. So when you own it, you don't have to have a lot of capital um, because you've got some vans, some ladders, some vacuum pumps, and really that's it. So if you hold a note and that seller doesn't pay, your only recourse is now to go get some used vans back. Chances are the employees are gone and now you're starting back at square one. So for, for many people, that makes them nervous or apprehensive about holding a note. All right. So what about timeline? And I'm interested for both sides of the equation as an investor, someone who might be thinking about doing this, how far out do I need to reach out and and start having a conversation with you? And as a seller, how far out do I need to be building a real relationship with someone that has your specialized knowledge and expertise to, to get me ready? So let's take the seller first. And so to me, there's Yesterday for a seller, it's always, you know, as soon as you can, in my opinion, hmm. it's it's making sure you're getting your ducks in a row. The market's going to change and what people are looking for may change and staying on top of those changes. So most people don't know where to go to get that information. Um, they, they're incredible at, at fixing an air conditioner, but they don't know anything about selling a business. And that's for most people in most industries across the country. 
So the sooner you get that information, the sooner you can start making sure things are lined up properly and you're focusing on those things. So, so that answer is always sooner rather than later. Yeah. On the buyer side, I think doing as much education as you can ahead of time is beneficial, but really each deal is going to be different and the, the market is always going to be different and interest rates are always going to be different. Um, right now, SBA loves heating and air. So if you're already in that space, it's very easy for you to buy somebody else with no money down in often cases. Um, so, so when the time is right for you is when I start focusing on it. Because many people look at, say, I'm going to buy three years from now. Well, the reality is the market's going to change so much in the next three years. What you learn today may not be extremely beneficial when it's time to write that check. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. All right. If our listeners would like to reach out and have a conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the best way? Whatever you feel like is an appropriate is, is appropriate, you know, a website, phone number. I just want to make sure they can connect with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. And so my website is businessmodificationgroup.com. Uh, once again, my name is Patrick Lang and, and I'm all over social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, connect with me anywhere you can. And you can call me directly 352-440-4604. That's 352-440-4604. I'd love an opportunity to, to help out any way that I can. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today, man. You're, you're doing important work. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, just as I promised when we opened the conversation. Exciting and informative. Thank you so much. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on with you today. I've had a great time. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Patrick Lang with Business Modification Group and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Buy a Business Near Me.